Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real. We all know I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joke. <laughs> Look, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk funnies. Let's talk about some successful people. Let's talk with successful people in this industry. Top performers, team leads, and people who are leaving a lasting influence and legacy in this industry. So, take out a pen and paper, jot down some notes, or if you're in the car driving, make sure you go back and take some notes. Alrighty then. Let's see who we get to chat with today, shall we? Um, all right, guys, welcome back to the No Soliciting Experience. I have special guest here today, um, Oliver. Would you uh, like to introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so my name is Oliver Lester. I'm from Canada. I live in Vancouver. Um, and I'm just, you know, like a door-to-door guy, just like you guys. I'm 22 years old, um, and I've had a lot of success building out my my business and everything um, in the last three years. And I'm excited to kind of shed some value and help the audience. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So um, as I said, I'm 22. I'm from Canada. Um, what my business does, we do, we have about 41, 42 reps right now. Um, and we do on the service, um, on the spot, like window cleaning. So exterior cleaning um, and that okay. stuff around the house. Um, and that's what I do. Awesome. So how, so on the spot, um, servicing, so you get there, you sell them on whatever service, whether that's window cleaning, you said you do like siding and stuff like exterior stuff around the house, right? Okay. So each, each rep has, has their own technician or their own service pro, right? And then it's serviced within between sale to actually somebody showing up. What, what, what is the, the, the timeframe in that? Yeah, so we like to get it done as quick as possible, obviously, because, um, you know, you're obviously going to have some, you know, people that are, um, you know, like some cancellations, obviously, just because when it's high pressure sales and you make a lot of sales, you have people that kind of have some buyers labor remorse, obviously, like any industry. So what my model is, and it's kind of interesting because I haven't really seen it that much in the U.S., is we sell the job, we do the job we collect the money for the job and we move on sort of thing. So we have, so each like salesman has their own cleaner, uh, like a technician and they come right behind them and they clean every job as soon as possible. Okay. Are we talking like five, 10 minutes after they're, after you sell it or while you're, while you're finalizing everything, they show up. Um, pretty much five to 10 minutes. I mean, it depends kind of how busy like the cleaner is if he's on other jobs, but yeah, we try to get it done and started as quick as possible. Dope. So it sounds like he has a building, a ton of urgency. It's very high pressure. Um, Yeah, um, it is. So one of the things about this industry, that's a bit different, like from like a lot of things is there's no contracts, no like subscriptions. It's just kind of on the spot service. And the price is, um, 
kind of varies per house per situation uh prices obviously like we kind of have different kind of like set prices that we're trying to get just based on the homes uh but to be honest like the price is kind of whatever you can kind of get so one of our sales tactics is you know we lower the price we give kind of a discount on the spot to get it done um and that's how we build so much like urgency okay yeah because i mean that's huge i mean if you have somebody coming in and five to ten minutes after you sell the you sell the job you Mm -hmm. have to build like a ton of urgency Okay. Yeah. So how how did you get into this? Because I haven't heard of that many people doing door to door in Canada. Yeah, I mean it's kind of funny. I think we all kind of get into like the industry kind of in some weird way, and we all have kind of weird stories because it's such a cool industry. It's such a profitable industry, but it's such a kind of a weird job where people, you know, oftentimes they don't really take it seriously. Like, oh, you're just a door to door salesman. Um, little do they kind of know that obviously. You know, if you're a pretty good salesman, you can make a lot of money. So, um, yeah, man, like I was, I think, 19 at the time. Um, and I play hockey. So I just came back from my hockey season. And it was kind of funny. I was just, you know, a broke student kind of thing. You know, my mom sending me, you know, some gas money. Um, and I just went online to Craigslist and just kind of saw this ad. And I was kind of, I guess, stupid enough to kind of click on it. And it said, um, you know, make 1200 bucks a day. And I was like, oh, my God, you know? And yeah, um, I don't think anybody really actually clicks on those things because they kind of sound like scams. Yeah. Um, but my my thought process was kind of one of abundance. It was kind of like, well, you know, probably won't make 1200 bucks a day. But, I mean, if I make 100 bucks a day, like, that's pretty good. You know, like, I didn't have any money, and I thought 100 bucks was, you know, awesome. So I clicked on the ad um, a few days later, worked three days in a row and made, 1700 bucks kind of the rest is kind of like history and i'm so thankful for that ad there you go so you first started up with a company it's actually funny that you bring this up because that's so my first door-to-door experience was selling vacuums was selling kirby's i'm not not sure if if you're if you're familiar with that um but same just graduated high school i was working at mcdonald's and um I saw this ad for that same thing, make two, 2000 something bucks a month. And I'm like, no freaking way. And I go and I sold like two, two vacuums in the first two weeks. Um, I ended up not, not getting paid for it. I, they, they said, Oh, you're going to make like 4,000 bucks. I made like 400 bucks. I'm like, what the hell kind of crap is this? <laughs> so I said, all right, you know what? I'm out. And then that was, I was done with it. But you, you took that and you actually made it successful. Right, seventeen hundred bucks your first few days. Then from there, you go to now running your own business, right? Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. So I had a bit of success early on. First day made two fifty. Second day made five hundred. Third day made a grand. And then by the end of like the weekend, I got a direct deposit for like seventeen hundred bucks, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, like what yeah. do I even do with this? This is like more money than I've literally ever had in my bank account. At- um, at like one time. So it was pretty much like, and I told like my parents, they didn't even believe me. And it was just such a crazy time. Right. Cause that's so much money for a 19 year old and it still is. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of telling all my friends and, um, you know, no one really believed me at first. And I kind of like tried to show them, but it's just like you, um, like it's pretty tough to break down like the barrier of like, mm-hmm. like your buddy's making 1700 bucks in three days. So they still didn't really believe me, you know, kind of skeptical. Um, and then it kind of like affected, not like my friendship, 
but I just, I guess, started living a little bit different in that, I mean, I wasn't crazy, but all of a sudden I had like the freedom to go to a movie, like when I wanted to go out, you know, to get a few drinks whenever I wanted, you know, it wasn't, I think prior it's like, oh man, I have like 20 bucks, like we can't go out for dinner kind of thing. So it kind of moved like from what can I do to what do I want to do now with my time? And I didn't mm-hmm. go crazy, but I just, you know, like you all of a sudden, if you want something, you just get it like a t-shirt, you know, like for 20 bucks, you just get it. Right. So yeah. that kind of changed. And then it kind of, like, as I said, affected like the friendships because now I wanted to go, go like do things that weren't kind of limited by money, like go just like, you know, play bowling, do like whatever. And all my friends still just like me prior were kind of like, well, you know, I don't have any money, that kind of thing. So that's when it kind of sparked my idea. I was like, well, I want all my friends to come like, these are like my best ones, right? Like I want all my friends to kind of live the same lifestyle and to be able to like hang. So I don't have to get a new group of, you know, the friends. Um, so kind of towards the end of that summer, started my own business doing kind of a very similar thing, to be honest, you know, like some adjustments. I thought I did a little bit better, but started my own business and then brought in all of my friends, you know, as reps and everything, taught them how I did it. And, um, yeah, this is my fourth summer. So like four summers later, it's kind of expanded organically just cause as I said, like I played hockey. So, um, you know, like there's a pretty good network of playing, uh, players like knowing each other and like you kind of get traded and stuff like, so everyone kind of like knows each other and the whole thing. Um, and it's kind of sort of grown that way now and now i said we have 42 reps so um it's pretty awesome now okay so you so you basically just started as you you wanted your buddies to join in on that too yeah right Mm -hmm. just kind of get them to the same position you were right just not having to worry about finances as much so which brings an interesting concept of recruiting right um You know, I have a little bit more like extensive network in the industry. And unfortunately, uh, when you recruit, most guys, most recruiters look at guys as just a dollar sign, right? Like this, is how much I'm going to make off this mm-hmm. person. This is how much I'm going to make off that person. You took it as, okay, I need to build opportunities so I can bring my friends on and have them be as successful, if not more mm-hmm. than I am. So now you have 42 Yes. Okay. So you've built that. What, what, so when it comes to recruiting, do you look for, do you tap into your hockey network or do you just look for like people who are, you know, willing to work? How do you approach recruiting? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And it's something that I believe that I've done a little bit differently than anything I've kind of seen. Um, I realized that as a hockey player, I was, you know, a 19 year old dude knew kind of like how to talk to chicks, you know, I just was okay with talking with people. And I realized that a lot of my friends on my hockey teams were kind of like the same way. So I thought, you know, my friends are pretty much me, right? Like your friends are like, you are kind of like the average of the five people you kind of like hang around with. So I thought, you know, my friends would probably be pretty good too, as well as all my hockey buddies. So I first kind of went after my close friends. um, And then I kind of started to like go after a lot of hockey players I previously played with. And that's kind of been the secret, to be honest, is I think athletes, um, 
I guess like hockey players, but like athletes predominantly are pretty good from what I've seen because they have a lot of mental toughness. They've been in a team culture. They've been, you know, on a sports team, right? So they know the whole team atmosphere. They know to respect the leadership. They know how to learn. They know how to work hard. And um, that's what I've really done. And I haven't done like, so, so I think like the industry in Canada is very different because it's not that big. It's very small. I know I've done some research and like the U S stuff is pretty cool. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty big. And everyone's trying to like recruit each other. Um, like in Canada, it's very different. And I haven't really hired anyone that's ever knocked prior or done like sales or anything. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's better because I've tried out a few people like that have been in like sales and stuff. And like what I've found is, not all of them, but just from like my experience personally is a lot of them are kind of like a bit arrogant. They kind of think they know everything, you know, because, Oh, I've already been in sales. I can sell this. I can kind of like sell that. And for me, I didn't really want that. I wanted a culture of growth and learning and kind of aspiring to be much better. So I've only hired pretty much hockey players and none of these people have ever sold anything. They have literally no sales experience. Most of them, to be honest, you know, they're from middle-class kind of families and they've never even like had a job. Yeah. Um, so it's more of a growth mindset in terms of, okay, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. What can Oliver teach me as opposed to, you know, I'm sure in the industry in like the U S it's a lot of, Oh, I sold for this guy. I sold for that guy. And then it's like, Oh, I already know kind of, I'm like the top shit where it's like, I don't want that. I really wanted people that didn't know what they were doing. They were total like virgins to the whole thing. And then they were more like receptive, like to growth and to learning and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And in turn, you're also, what I'm seeing from all this, you're also building loyalty, right? These guys are pretty loyal because they understand like, okay, um, Oliver took me from where I was at, you know, prior to where I'm at now. right? And it, it almost forms like a sense of like loyalty. Well, to one, the company, and then two, to basically you right they're they're they'll work because they they know at the end of the day you're paying them according to their time and it yeah sounds, I, and, and it sounds like and it sounds like they're making pretty decent money as well yeah they make pretty good money and i think it's a win-win because i mean from my perspective i want more salespeople because it's like forget all of like the money like in terms of my culture of my like sales team i believe the more people Uh, it's kind of like one plus one equals three. Like the more people makes it kind of more successful just because all of a sudden now I don't really even have to teach anymore because yeah, I have to teach, uh, but it's more of like a plug and pull kind of like a system where there's already a culture. And then, you know, you kind of know this probably too, when you're done at the end of like the day, like we all kind of live in the same house, like a lot of us, people are just telling stories, what they said, like this happened, this like situation. And it's kind of a culture of they kind of teach each other where I don't really have to teach anymore. Everyone's just always telling stories, having a lot of fun and they kind of teach like themselves. And the more people that are kind of plugged into like the system, uh, like the more kind of people improve on like their own, which I really love. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're building, yeah, exactly. You're you're building a culture where where your guys are kind of taking over, which means you've you've mm-hmm. you've built some pretty good leaders, right? Um, what's what's your approach to building leaders? Um, 
I think the one thing I did early on that I kind of made a mistake with was I didn't realize that everyone can be and wants to be a leader if they're put in the right situation. Um, so a lot of my second, my like third year people now are kind of, we do it differently. Like we don't really lead teams, but we call them like managers. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't really, to be completely honest with you, I didn't believe they could do it. I thought, Oh no, like, like only I could do it sort of thing. And then what I realized was you put these guys into positions where you trust them, where you don't micromanage them, where you teach them, Hey man, this is how you should do it. This is how I do it. And this is why I do it. Mm -hmm. However, don't copy me. Don't be me. Be you understand the principles of why I do like what I do, but you do you and you, um, you kind of do what you feel is the best thing. Um, like, and I trust you like, to do that. I realized that people, when they are trusted like, to lead, even when I don't even think they're ready to lead, they step up and all yeah. of a sudden they become leaders. So that's one thing I really made a mistake with is I, like, I thought, no, like these guys can't do it. And then like, now I'm kind of like, you know, if you want to be a leader, be a leader. I want to put these guys in like in a position because it makes my job way easier. And people have so much more like to offer. Like, I think these guys are better leaders like than I like to be completely honest with you. And okay. I want to create a bunch of leaders because leaders create leaders, create much better teams. Okay. Which ultimately leaves like a lasting culture and a lasting business, which is super important because most guys. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's super, super important guys uh, or gals. If you're starting your own company if you're um, in a position to where you're, you're able to grow the company that you're in right now, this is super important. The more you grow and the more you grow leaders, the more you grow the company. And it, it, it just takes, you know, building these people up um, because what's going to happen. And it, I mean, obviously you, you've seen this um, part of, um, part of sales or door to door sales in the U S is you have guys that have worked for this guy, worked for that company, have done this, have done that, have done that. Right. And as cool as it is, a company is only successful as long as it continues to thrive. If, if guys are jumping ship and going to different companies, it's less likely to happen. So take a chance on the people who you think can lead build systems that obviously make them successful mm -hmm. and they'll take care of you. And it's just, it's, it's just going to continuously, continuously happen, happen. The more leaders you grow, the more leaders they'll grow, which is super awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, everyone kind of has a price. Like yeah. I think throughout the industry, probably the pay is all very similar. It's all very similar, right? Like yeah. no one's making, like aside from like production, no one's making drastically more than anyone else based on, you know, the set production, but people like everyone like, has a price. As I said, you know, like you can bribe a guy to move. Yeah. Like that can work too, but people stay because of the people and like the culture, like if all things are equal and there's a slight deviation of maybe 10%, I think a person nine times out of 10 leaves that 10% on like the table and wouldn't leave if there's a good culture, if you have a lot of friends, if you just okay. feel happy with the business and in a place where, you know, you just are in a place where you're happy, where you're empowered, where it's a fun culture. Um, and that's why I think like culture is more important than any, um, than anything else because money is money, but culture is more, 
I think culture is the most important thing. And if you can create leaders that can empower that culture and enforce that culture, then I think your company will stay intact because, you know, at the end of the day, like your company is like, all it is is people. And if you can just keep people happy with great culture, things will usually work out. You're absolutely right. Um, While you were saying that a person that came to mind and I'm not sure if you follow him, but his name is Danny Pesty, right? On Instagram, he is Pesty Special or Danny Pesty Security. That guy was with Vivin for eight Mm -hmm. years, right? And there are so many home security companies. But when it came down to it, he stayed for the culture. Mm -hmm. He stayed because the people he was around, the people that he brought on and the people that he built, right? Mm-hmm. And for eight years, I mean, I mean, it's not like somebody didn't come and offer him like a way, way better, you know, um, opportunity elsewhere. Well, most people probably did, but he stayed for that culture. So if you're in a company, if you're, you know, in a newer company or the owner or recent manager, culture is everything, right? So Oliver, yeah. um, part of what I want to know is, I mean, if, if, if you're willing to go into it, what... What have you done to make the culture of your company what it is today? Um, I think two things. Um, in my business, and I think anywhere from where I've kind of seen, and this is not to be arrogant at all, but I am the top producer in like my industry. So yeah. whenever someone like thinks they're doing well, they see me doing literally 50% more every day. Like literally. So I think there's a lot of top performer kind of syndrome in a lot of places where you're the top person in like your office or whatever. So you think you're like a big deal. Um, and then all of a sudden you're not really chasing any thing anymore and you're just kind of complacent. That doesn't happen because whatever they do, I always do more because I think I'm pretty good and I work really hard. And the number two thing is, although we have like competitions every day, like we have bonuses every single day. Um, um, and there's people, you know, they're just trying to win, that are trying to beat each other. When we get back into like the van at the end of like the day, it's all about learning. It's all about growth. It's all about like, I don't praise results. I praise effort. And that's why we check. Um, like, I'm sure like you can see it on your phone. There's the like health app and everything and you track like yeah. kilometers and I praise kilometers ran, you know, it's like, Oh, this guy ran 22 today. Let's give him a round, you know, because that's the process goal. That's what is required. That's like the foundation of like success, all of the numbers that's kind of uncontrollable. So we like in my business, we literally praise effort. We praise getting no's. We laugh at no's. We think no's are funny. We don't make fun of failure. Literally no one makes fun of each other. That's BS. We don't do that. It's all about helping each other, praising each other and encouraging like hard work, like, like above all. And then obviously they have me to look at and I lead from like the front. I still knock six days a week every day because I really like it. Yeah. And I, to be honest, crush my dudes. I still do. And they're still really good. So they yeah. always have me. It's not like some dude just running a biz sitting on his ass. Like I work my ass off and I want to and I love it. And they can see me and they're like, you know what? You can be me in a few years because you know, I was literally in your same shoes three years ago. Like I was broke, no sales experience, came out, worked my butt off, learned from my mentors and you can be me sort of thing. So those are the things that I really focus on that helps build the culture in my opinion. 
That is true. Guys, 100% true. He still goes out and knocks. I can't tell you how long we've been trying to get this podcast up and whether it's like scheduling conflict with yeah. you working or me traveling or just crap that comes up. Guys, this we, we should have recorded this like two weeks ago, but it's just been so hectic with our schedules because he, he's out knocking. He's, he's out busting his ass every day with his guys, and that's awesome, right? Um, so, yeah, guys, lead from the front. And what's super cool is you, you, you also keep your guys in check, which, I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, some days you have bad days and your guys, you know, beat you some days. Maybe. I don't know. But if that happens. It's definitely building morale like crazy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Dude, that's awesome. So what, one of the things I want to touch on is, um, so you have your, your base price, right? Just like everybody, everybody has their contract value, their base price, the price they have to hit, a certain <coughs> amount, and then everything above that is profit. So for your guys, you said that you can give people discounts, so on and so forth. What I see is you're, you're, you're putting a price on, on your time, right? How do, you, yeah. how do you teach reps to keep the price, I mean, not as high as possible because obviously you don't want to rip somebody off, but keep it to where it's, it's worth the time and not always selling the super low contracts. Yeah. So I'll just kind of break it down because my thing's a bit more, I guess, niche specifically. And yeah. then I'm sure the principles will kind of carry over. So we sell, you know, window cleaning, we clean like the siding as well as the outside of like the gutters. Now, like when I price out a house, what I want to do is I want to, number one, I want to see kind of how interested like they are. So if I pitch them and they immediately ask, Oh, like how much, you know, they want it done. Like that's a done deal. There's no way you can lose that sale unless you just mess it up royally. That's done. And like the way I would price that house is I would start a bit higher because they already want it versus someone who, you know, they are kind of wishy-washy on the whole thing and you kind of have to force to give a price. They don't even want it. They're just kind of slightly like neutral. I may start them lower. Um, and the great thing is with starting high, you can always get talked down and you can always throw in more additional services. So I'm not how, like, I'm not really sure how that actually applies specifically to other industries, but like as a sales rep, you always have to keep as much as possible in your back pocket to kind of throw in like added value. Because if you think about it logically, when you're making a sale, you should only add as much value as needed. Um, like for example, like if you pitch someone and you know, like the conversation sort of goes like this, hi, my name's Oliver. We're doing window cleaning. And they say, okay, cool. How much? And you say a price and they say, okay, sounds good. When can you get started? You didn't need to add any value to that conversation because they kind of already wanted it. Um, versus someone who doesn't want it at all, you have to run through all the benefits, tell them how awesome it is, tell them how it's a super good deal. Um, you need to add massive value to the convince them. Well, why add massive value to someone if they don't need it? Like, why would you throw in a bunch of additional services and just give a bunch of discounts if they don't even really need all that stuff. Like the first example I said, where they just said, how much I'm not going to ramble for 12 minutes about how I'm going to already take off a hundred bucks. How I'm going to throw in this and that if they already want it. So I think the first thing is to realize, okay, first of all, like 
do they really want this or is it going to be kind of a sell? And number two, just keep as much in your back pocket as possible because if you unload the kitchen sink at them before a no, before an objection, then they're going to say no anyways and then you have nothing left. You're kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one mistake sales reps make is they're afraid, they're kind of in a, um, kind of a scarcity mindset where they throw in everything off like the bat and then a person says no, and then they have nothing left to really like respond to. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but I just try and I try and have as much in my back pocket as possible to build like urgency. You know, you can totally give a discount. You can, you know, throw in stuff. And mm -hmm. that's what I try to do. I try to just add as little value as possible and only as much as I needed. Okay. There you go. Dang, okay. I like that. I like that it's like just having control of that conversation so you obviously cheat it's I mean it's obviously a learning curve but now that you've been doing it for so long it just it's just second nature so um yeah dope guys go back and listen to that that's super important to to get down um hold on i just lost my train of thought okay um all right let's let's talk about this um bring it to a, to a lighter side. Um, what's, uh, what's one of the funniest moments you can think about right now from you being on the doors or like a funny um, experience you've had at, at while knocking? Yeah. I just think, um, there's some crazy store. Like I just think door to door is the craziest thing ever. Like there's always just like you talk to 200 people every day or whatever. And there's just mm -hmm. the most crazy logistical circumstances. Um, I've, of course, like everyone, I've been yelled at a lot kind of thing because mm -hmm. I'm kind of pushy, like, to be honest. Um, and I don't have any specific examples, but there's just a lot of times where you're kind of knocking. And it's funny because it usually happens on, like, a bad day, too, like, where you're kind of already struggling. You're kind of in, like, a bad mood. And then you're kind of being a bit pushy because you haven't got anything in, like, a few hours or whatever. And then, um, you know, someone's having a bad day or whatever, like, you're just being pushy. And someone starts, you know, yelling at you or something and then calls like the cops. Um, and that's just super funny to me because like, you know, I'm just doing my job and it's funny how door to door people get so looked down upon, like, like you're some pleb just selling. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry for you kind of thing, you know, and you're just trying to do your job, trying to make money and trying to sell. And then someone snaps on you and starts screaming at you. And I just, I just think that's the funniest thing ever. It gets me like, to be honest, kind of going, you know, it's pretty funny because you know, like who would ever like have such a bad attitude where they're, they're losing their mind after someone's just looping them a bit, like, you know, being a bit pushy. And it's so funny because like people don't realize that all you have to do to get rid of a door-to-door -door salesman is literally just shut the door. Yeah, like if someone real. just shuts the door on you, I just literally jump over like their bush and run to like the next door. Like it's over, it's done. Yeah, you know, and if people realize that all they could do is just shut the door, like as opposed to just standing there saying no, not interested. You know, I think I don't know. It's just super funny to me how people don't really like realize that. <laughs> dude, it's it's crazy dude, the amount of crazy people you run into. You got the Karens, you got the HOA presidents, and then you just got just pissed off people, dude. They just who knows why they're pissed. They're just pissed at some random dude knocking their door. Yeah. Um, and it just, uh, to be honest, makes me thankful because like I get, like, I love door to door so much. 
Like I genuinely think it's so fun being outside all day in the sun, talking to people. I'm a very social person. I like to talk to people and I get to do literally what I actually love and make a ton of money for doing it. And then someone just answers the door in a bad mood. And I just, I just feel sorry for them. Like, to be honest, cause I'm so happy with like what I do in my life. I work my butt off every day. I love that. And then people answer the door and they're just always in a bad mood. And it just makes me like thankful every time. Cause you know, I don't have to do that crap. You know, I can do exactly like what, what, like I love like every day. Yeah. Here you go. Nice. Nice. Nice little piece of well, optimism. Just staying optimistic during the day and then just positivity, man. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Cause you know, if you're positive, all, all that stuff won't affect you. And like you said, I mean, if they do that, you just jump over the bush and you just run over to the next house. Someone slams the door. I just run away <laughs> next door. It's there you go. You slam the door, big whoop. Just, just go knock the next door, man. That's freaking funny. Okay. Okay. And on that, on the lighter side, um, now what I do for the podcast is I always do like an, I try to do like, like an intro song for every person. Um, uh-huh. that, that I have on, what is your favorite or what, what is your go-to song? Do you, do you listen to music out on the way to area or do you listen to like podcasts or motivational stuff? Um, that's actually funny. I wish I would have been prepared for that. Um, no, I actually don't listen to really any music. Like what we do is we have a company van and we actually drive everyone out kind of thing. Yeah. And then my manager, we like drop everyone uh-huh. and we have kind of a team song that we listen to. It's called, um, it's by Kygo. It's a really good song. And all the boys kind of like jive to it. And we kind of do announcements sometimes. First drop is Oliver kind of thing. We all get fired up. But um, nothing individually. But yeah, we do that. And it gets everyone kind of buzzing. And it's super, I mean, it's just like super fun, man. I love being with like the boys. And you're in kind of a group where everyone's making money. Everyone's having a lot of fun. Everyone has really good mindsets. And yeah, that's what we do. So it's pretty fun pre-drop. Okay. Some nice Kygo. Do you, do you know what song yeah. it is off the top of your head? Uh, I think it's called Intro. It's called Intro. Okay. I'll have, I'll have to look for that because... Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it's called Intro by Kygo. Yeah. Found it. All yeah. right. Dude, that's actually dope. Um, That's actually super dope that you guys have that because, I mean, it's just something that you guys all relate to and it's like once it goes yeah. on it's it's you guys know that okay we are getting down yeah the boys get pretty buzzing for sure okay dude that's awesome man because you're you're literally building a culture to where i mean everybody knows i mean one you have a big van right mm-hmm. and you guys are able to share that in one of the recent companies that i worked with we had a 15 passenger van and at one point me and the other, the other manager, we had two of those things. So we had like 30 people right now to area. It, yeah. was, it was sick because we, we all vibed, right? We all had that one song mm-hmm. we liked. As soon as we left the, um, the office, that's just what we listened to. You know, on the way back, we just all talk about it. It's just a good time. So you have built a good culture. Part of mm-hmm. that is learning and self-development. Are you more of like a book reader, podcast listener, audiobook, or YouTube kind of guy? Um, I've definitely read a lot. I think a lot of my information I've learned is YouTube, to be honest. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm so thankful. There's so much information now where you can just kind of learn and do self-development. And that's why, um, and that's kind of what I try to teach as well, because 
you know, if you don't have, like, like that's why I don't really try to teach as much scripting and all that stuff because realistically, if you have two people, um, one person that has all the scripts in the world, they memorize it all, that's great. And the other person has no scripting, but they just have a good, like a foundation of being like mentally tough and knowing kind of the law of averages, how like clusters kind of like work and everything. I think the person with no script will probably sell way more than the person with a script because the person with no script just has like a foundation and you're going to go through like in any day, no matter how good you are, you're going to go through a two hour cold streak or you're going to go through a shitty streak where you get like nothing. Well, that person like with a script is going to probably have that too. And it doesn't matter how good you are. It's going to happen. And that person with no self-development, no understanding of the law of averages, how to keep yourself kind of like motivated, that person will just nosedive mentally. And the other person will just kind of let it happen and then like respond because you know, my, like, I've always learned, like, next door is 349 next door is a $500 sale, you know, and that's just to answer your question, like, I love learning and learning all of that kind of stuff, because that's really, like, the foundation of a salesman, it's not really your scripting, all of the knowledge, yeah, that kind of helps, but you need, like, a foundation of, um, you know, all that self, like, development and all that, like, mental you know, toughness because, you know, like this job's so hard, you know, like there's times where I'm like, holy shit, this is so hard. Yeah. You know, um, and you need that foundation. So yeah, to answer your question, like I love, I love watching like YouTube videos mostly. Um, I'm just so busy. Like it's more of, um, sort of a, like sort of an off season type of thing because when like you're in the season, you're just finally like executing, you're finally applying everything you learned in like the winter kind of thing. And then as soon as it's over, you kind of learn as much as possible. But in season, man, I think everyone in door to door is so busy. Like I'm up at eight thirty every day, knocking like by ten, and then knock till it gets dark at like nine or ten or whatever. And then like you come home, you're just in a body bag. You just go to sleep within ten minutes, you know. So you don't really have any time for that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, super fun, man. I agree. You need all that kind of stuff. It's very important for sure. Okay. Dope dope man yeah just i mean we're 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 all big advocates for um for uh what do you call it for for self-development i just think it's super important and one of my thing is i just like to understand what other people do yeah because i mean there it's it's something different for everybody i mean everybody learns differently some people like audiobooks some people like books podcasts like actual youtube videos just as long as you're continuously doing something to get better I think that's yeah. super important. There, there is no one way. There is no one script, right? Yeah. Just what works for you. And just as long as you have intention in what you do, like you said earlier, right? Yeah, you, you are going to get some, you know, some pretty shitty times, you know, some slow days, some slow hours. But as long as you have intention and knowing that you're going to get something and you're focusing on those actions, the results yeah. will come, right? Yeah. Okay, dope. So, speaking of results, because right now we're in a very, very interesting time in the world with this whole COVID-19 <coughs> coronavirus crap. Um, dude, what, 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 what do you think is going to happen with all this? Um, that's a good question. I, to be honest, have no idea. I think the natural progression is probably a national, like, lockdown at mm -hmm. some point but again i mean there i know nothing i don't know anything really who knows mm -hmm. i'm just kind of in a weird place where 
we've had some reps who haven't really come out just because they're kind of a bit scared of the whole thing, um, which is understandable. And our reps that have come out um, are doing really well. I think, for at least in Canada, the situation we're in is a lot of people are home because they're working like remotely now. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people have also lost their jobs. So it kind of balances out. I have not noticed a dip in production at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just taking it one day at a time. Like whatever happens, happens. If we get shut down, we get shut down. But I'm just super thankful that, you know, I can go out and make money because, you know, I have a lot of friends who are servers who do, my mom has like, like a hair salon and she had to close it kind of thing. So I'm so thankful that I can just go out every day and knock and make money because there are so many people that lost their jobs and they're literally kind of victim to like the system for the next two months, who knows what's going to happen. And I can just go play with my team and make good amount of money. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so thankful that I can just go out and knock. Yeah. Okay. There you go, guys. Just take, take the opportunity. Right. I mean, we, we really don't know what's going to happen. Just as long as you capitalize on the opportunity out in front of you and you can, you can never mm-hmm. go wrong with that. Again, it goes back to focusing them on, on the actions and the efforts rather than, than the results, mm-hmm. which is, which I, I think is super important for our, for our industry. We're all, we're all result oriented. This is what we want to do. This is how many sales we want to make. This is how much money we want to make. But I think we're kind of losing it. I mean, that's it's kind of in a sense overplayed. Just as long as you give your hundred percent, things will fall into place. Yeah, and I think that like hard work is like the foundation. That's the thing. Like above all else, it doesn't matter how good you get, you still have to work hard. Yeah. And like for me at least, it's like, yeah, I can technically work less hard now and get the same like results just because I've learned a lot and I know a lot of tricks and I'm pretty good at what I do. But if you can't look yourself in the mirror and be like, yo dude, like, did you actually work as hard as like you could, you know, like, did you actually do it like today? Like, did you actually work as hard as you could? Like, you know, you're the one that has to look yourself in the mirror. It doesn't matter if you're a top producer, who cares? There's someone always going to be better. And if you can't even look at the mirror and say like, look, I did my actual hardest today, then, you know, what can you do? You kind of have to look yourself in the mirror, like above all else, for sure. In my opinion. Definitely. Okay. There we go, guys. Well, you want to add anything else to that, Oliver? Anything else you want to go over? Um, no, no, I'm just happy to be on here. I really look up to you. I saw your meme page, uh, like a few months ago, to be honest. And then we've kind of been talking about a few things since, and I'm, I'm super excited because I know there's, um, there's kind of a limited, there's not really that many people that are kind of like have successful personal brands and kind of authorities in the space. So I'm really like, you know, I'm really excited to see you kind of taking charge and making like the podcast. I think I'm in a place where, you know, I have so much to learn and yeah. I think like everyone else and like the space as well has so much like to learn. So when we can get great influencers out that have, you know, that run pretty big teams and that do crazy things in the space, like it helps everyone. So awesome job, man. I'm really excited like to be here. Dude, thanks man. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's crazy. Cause, cause I still don't know how, how to respond to that. Cause I'm just a dude, man. I'm just a regular dude who, you know, copes with, you know, all the shit that happens. I, I just cope with it through memes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, dude, this, this is very exciting. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm just excited to give back where what I can, where I can. Um, and these podcasts are definitely going to be big on that. So um, I'm going to leave it open for you um, for one last tidbit of advice for a first year rep, second year rep, um, anything you want to say to the industry based off, you know, your experience um, so far, go for it, man. Uh, I will leave this open for you. Um, yeah, nothing. As I said, I'm just really thankful to be here. And um, honestly, I'm just thankful for door, you know, I like door to door because it's such a weird, crazy industry where I kind of like one of my buddies a few years ago said a quote, he's like, you know, if you're knocking doors, you're either an absolute genius or you're an idiot because it's yeah. just a crazy, you know, it's a crazy place where you have your 10 year, 20 year, like degenerates, I guess, who just have no one under them, no teams, just sell a good amount every year, blow it all in the winter, then restart, you know, or you have the people that have truly made, you know, pretty good wealth, to be honest, like doing this with you know pretty good teams and they save their money and they invest their money and I really hope that I turn out to be like like the latter and I'm just so thankful for like for door to door because like it changed my life man you know I was just a stupid stupid high school graduate playing hockey man and then I learned to knock doors and like you know you make pretty good amount of money in a pretty short season so I'm just kind of pretty thankful I have so much to learn I'm pretty good but I have so much to learn I'm so thankful because it's changed my life you know I was thankful enough to get a Porsche, you know, I, I work my butt off. I'm able to take like vacations in like the winter and I'm just super thankful, man. So I really appreciate you having me on. Nope. Awesome. Well, Hey man, I appreciate the sense of gratitude. Um, I think that's big. Definitely having like a sense of gratitude because the more grateful for you are, the more grateful for what you have, the more you'll get back. Um, yeah for sure which is dope that's awesome well oliver thanks for being on guys um if you haven't been taking notes go back take some notes find something in this podcast that you can learn if you're driving right now go back later um, pick something up out of the podcast to apply to your personal life whether it's in your personal sales life or you running the team there's always something we can learn here so dope oliver thank you for being on Um, And yeah, guys, we will catch you on the next one.